This is the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast for women over 50 who aren't done yet. You may have seen the worst of aging and are hoping there's a better way. There is, and I'm going to show you how. In interviews, book reviews, rants, and stories each week, I'm going to bring you the latest science-based info on how to age better. I'm Gregory Ann Cox, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline in every area of life. It pisses me off, and it's BS. Look, aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just need to get a little rebellious in your approach. I am Gregory Ann Cox, and please call me Greg. I'm the host of this podcast, and I'm the founder of Rebellious Wellness Over 50. Everything I do is aimed at helping women over 50 age better and continue to love their lives, no matter how many years they have left. By better, I mean good health and good spirits, looking youthful no matter the decade, and just, as I said, enjoying life and doing the things that we, you, still want to do. And women, I do not do deprivation. I'm just saying. I believe there's no one way to be healthy and remain healthy, and that our days should include fun and joy, connection to others, curiosity, exploring inner and outer worlds, and the satisfaction that comes from living a life that we design. For eight years, I ran Rebellious Wellness as a health coaching business. I wrote a book on the myths of aging. I was speaking on stages. I ran classes. I had coaching clients, and I loved it until I didn't. I woke up one day and then looked around, and the health coaching world had become full of people that really didn't have education and credentials. They were pumping out coaches uh, over weekend courses or six-week courses. People were selling nothing against y'all who are selling, were selling, like essential oils and all these supplements. But they were giving people information that I, I was a little bit worried about, and I just felt like, okay, let me take a break. So I did. I stepped away from the world of health coaching to pursue my next love, which is writing. I had been a writer in, many, many years ago. So right now, I'm a copywriter. I write for coaches and others in personal development. My business over there is called Be More Marketable. But over the years of not being a health coach or publishing healthy, you know, healthy aging blogs, I noticed that the world of health and healthy aging and staying well had not changed much for the better. I'm always still reading the same journals, following the same great docs and other professionals that I always had. I read a lot of the news. And of course, I have friends and I have health, you know, I I have my own body and health to be concerned about as I age. And I saw that too many people were still suffering with preventable diseases, struggling to find energy that their medications were zapping, gaining weight, but not knowing why, and so much more. And then COVID hit. And I knew that our health problems, including depression, would get worse for so many people. So I had to jump back in to help. So here I am. You might be wondering what the rebellious part of rebellious wellness over 50 is. Look, over 50 or not, standing up for your health and healthy aging your way is an act of rebellion. Saying no to unnecessary prescription meds. Asking as many questions as you need answers to when the physician or other medical professional is giving you the I'm busy evils and refusing to buy into this is what happens at your age. All of these simple things take courage. I'm starting a rebellion against the tamping down of our desire to understand our symptoms or a syndrome 
and to be a better partner in our care. That's our right. For people who want to get out of the cradle-to-grave hamster wheel situation that the Western medical model puts us all in, all of these things take courage. And the first way to do it is to develop a fierce determination to do what it takes to age well, to age better than the conventional wisdom says is possible. As I said in the intro, I don't believe in deprivation, but I do believe in committing to what the studies in longevity tell us are the habits that we should adopt. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's what we got to do. To live in good health for decades to come requires that you want that thing called good health more than comfortable habits, even when they're hard to break, more than the foods that are silently contributing to inflammation, which we now know is either the cause or the result of so many of our physical ills. It most likely even plays a role in Alzheimer's, which, by the way, affects more women than men at the rate of two out of every three people diagnosed. Women, we got to take control of our bodies and our health from the inside out. In future episodes, you'll be hearing plenty about brain health and prevention. Back to our fierce commitment. We've got to want to age with our faculties and mobility more than we want to get too little sleep, more than we want to get too little movement more than we want to hold on to resentment, or worse, get into resignation. Thinking it's too late, it's not. Thinking you can't change, you can. Thinking or fearing you'll get what runs in the family, so why bother? I mentioned that I wrote a book. It's called Your Genes Do Not Determine the Size of Your Genes. So let me just tell you, your genes are not destiny, and you are worth the bother. Now, I'm about to quote some stuff. If you've heard them before, listen anyway. Stats are not always about someone else or not for long anyway. Heart disease is one of those things that brought me back here to report more on prevention. It is still the leading cause of death in America. And in 2017, 300,000 women died of heart disease, one in five of all deaths. Now, currently, COVID has taken over the number one spot but it won't be for long because the vaccines are rolling out even as I record this episode. Now, the other top, let's just say it's not the top killer for women, but it's just wreaking havoc on people's lives is diabetes. It's number seven in all causal death, but it affects millions more people than cancer, which is number two. And with diabetes, people simply live longer while their health declines. That's no way to live. About 15 million women over the age of 18 are diagnosed with diabetes. And there are many, many more, millions more, who are pre-diabetic or not diagnosed. This is a silent disease process, girls. By the time someone is diagnosed, things have been going on in the body for years. Your heart has been working harder. More inflammation has led to the fatigue that many feel. Weight is harder to manage, which cuts into our ability to move, and so on. It's like people are like the frog that gets boiled by turning up the temperature slowly. You don't notice because the symptoms are not severe in the early stages. And then you think, well, feeling like crap is just how it's going to be because I'm getting older. This is the trap, and it is a trap, of this is what happens at your age. The reason I spend so much time on these two diseases 
is that 80% of lifestyle-related diseases and symptoms are preventable. 80%. I got to tell you a quick story. Many years ago, I was a chef. I was a chef for almost 30 years, 28 years. And one of my great, great jobs was to start a restaurant with a heart surgeon out in La Jolla, California. He thought that if he could help people change one of their lifestyle habits, which is what they ate, and educate the people who came into our restaurant about how to eat more healthfully, that it would help. Because he said 60%, if 60% of his patients would do what he suggested and change some of these habits, that would be 60% less open heart surgeries he would do. And I got to see an open heart surgery so that he could show me the damage that lifestyle has on the heart, believe it or not. I'll tell you that story another time. But that was in the 90s, early 90s. The 60% is now 80%, as I said. Back to the diabetes stats. Because I just want you to hear this. It's Compared with men with diabetes, women with diabetes have a higher risk for heart disease. Remember that stat, one in five. Heart disease is the most common complication of diabetes. Remember when I said the heart has been working harder for years? We have lower survival rates and a poorer quality of life after a heart attack if we're diabetic. We, women, have a higher risk for blindness. We have a higher risk for depression. Depression, which affects twice as many women as men, also raises the risk for diabetes in women. We have to break the cycles that lead to the first problem, whatever that first problem is. And it's hard to keep track, whether it's depression, whether it's the diabetes. I mean, that's why prevention is so important. And these diseases can be reversed. They're not life sentences. And I'm not just to note, I'm not talking about type 1 diabetes here. That is a totally different animal and requires different maintenance and medications and lifestyle. And anything that you learn here or from any other health advisor, you should always work with a medical professional if you're going to change things in your life and you are under somebody's care. Never stop a medication without medical oversight. Just don't. It's bad for your body. Work with somebody who will help you lower your medications or get off of them in the appropriate way. Now listen, not every doc is going to be your cheerleader if you decide to take on your health and get off medications and begin to heal your body. But many will. And if you can't find one in your insurance that will help you, I have resources for books and programs that you can use to educate yourself. And then you can bring what you learn and your new plan to the same doc and see if he or she won't get on board then. It's easier if they know what you're planning to do than if you just say, I want to get off these medications, damn it. But that's a great first place to start. Now, I'm not saying also that just because we eat well and move, we'll never get sick or we'll never have bad things happen. We all know that bad things happen to good people. And I know y'all as good people, we gonna get shit. And if shit is not your kind of word, then this is not your kind of podcast because every once in a while it just pops out. We will all likely come up against a health challenge like a broken bone or cancer or other disease process or syndrome, autoimmune problems. But if we do the work to shore up our immune system, our muscles, our brain, and our emotional bodies, then when something hits, we have a better chance of coming through. Take COVID, for example. You've likely heard that people with comorbidities, health challenges, have a much greater risk of death 
or serious consequences from the disease than those who don't. The body is already in a weakened condition. It makes it harder to rebound, fight off the processes of the disease. One of my big things is helping people know how to do rebound. All of these stats just make me sad every single day. We could have less heart disease, kidney disease, amputations, nerve damage, blindness, depression, and loss of life if we could get the word out to people. And women are great messengers. That's why I'm talking to you. Just imagine if we could get the word out to all the mothers, daughters, sisters, and aunties, nieces, what it would mean for their futures. So if you learn something here or you know something that could help someone else, don't keep it a secret. Share the word, the resource, whatever it is. So I got one more little tiny stat of bad news and then I swear we'll move on. It's just important for me to share these things so that maybe it'll spark something in somebody's mind and go, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. So if this isn't enough, every year millions of people suffer adverse reactions to honestly given and prescribed prescriptions, protocols, care, equipment. Why? Because things fail and human error. People make mistakes. And I'm not pointing all of these things out to scare you but I'm hoping it will result in you wanting to learn as much as possible about preventing the need for the Western medical model as it is designed. I am not saying don't use Western medicine. I am a big fan of drugs, and I have pictures from the 80s to prove it. But seriously, I'm not against Western medicine prescriptions, but it's more in the business of emergency care. It's really great at that than it is at wellness or health care. I've used antibiotics. I went to the ER when I suspected I broke my wrist, and I was grateful for the doctor who said it. Here's the thing. Over the years, I've learned that whenever I have something wrong with me that results in a prescription or a protocol, I realize that is going to get me from A to B, but it's not going to necessarily help the whole body heal. The body needs support outside of whatever we're getting allopathically. So I've learned about herbs and other ways of moving my body and meditation, even simple things like taking probiotics or eating yogurt when you're on antibiotics, antibios, right? It kills the good stuff along with the bad stuff. So we have to replenish it. That's just a simple thing. And speaking of which, we all know now, or we're just hearing about how important the health of our gut biome is. All those little bugs in there, they need some support, and we need to make sure that we're giving them the right food and all kinds of good stuff. We'll talk about that. I digress, don't I? Anyway, you'll be introduced to as much of this kind of info as I can get you. And over at the blog, too, over at Rebellious Wellness Over 50, I have a blog there. And just so you know, everything that I'm going to share with you is rooted in science. I'm a science geek. I will research for hours on end to ensure I've gotten to the truth of the thing I want to bring you. But when it comes to some ancient wisdom, ancient sciences and practices, there aren't yet double-blind placebo-controlled studies for every single thing. But you'll take it with a grain of salt. If it seems a little out there, do more research or discard it. It's all good. It's just a matter of hearing new ideas and seeing what feels like the right thing for you to learn more about or pursue. And I'll keep it simple. That's one of my superpowers. All this science stuff, who wants to know the nitty gritty? 
And in addition to stats and science and aging, there will be conversations about possibility. A big part of aging better, I believe, is never losing touch with the why you want more time and how you want to feel in the days and years to come. What do you still have left to do? Does it light you up? Then get to it. Don't ignore it. Don't be afraid to start. I've been a coach for 18 years. I am well versed in how to live fully expressed and how not to let stuff stop us. I will share. Plenty of myths will be exposed and what to do instead brought forth. What kind of myths? Like cholesterol is out to kill you or aging equals weight gain, or saturated fat is horrible for you. Oh, I've got so many things to share with you. But let me leave you with my overarching theme for how I do life. It's simple. Everything is food. What? Every bite we take, every thought we think, are either investments in our health, or a debt we will have to repay later. Mm. Every bite we take, every thought we think are either investments in our health or a debt we'll have to repay later. More on that, not next episode, but the episode after that. It's a great foundation to build awareness of how we are doing aging. And in case you're wondering how or if your thoughts can really influence your health and saying, Greg, that's kind of woo. It is a little woo, but woo is me. Uh Sorry. Thinking contributes greatly to how we experience the things that occur in our lives. Everything. Speaking of the next episode, I am interviewing a bones expert, a bones health expert, and she is just phenomenal. We have so much fun together because do we not all fear the break, the fracture, the fall, the DEXA scans? What does it mean? What if they say we have osteopenia? It sounds so scary. It's really just a marketing term, but you'll learn all about that and more next week when I interview my bone expert. In the meantime, I hope that something has triggered your brain. I want to know more about that. I want to learn how to do that. And if that's the case, that's great. I am here to trigger your brain and sometimes your heart to help you get the most out of the coming years. I appreciate you listening in. I'll be back next week with my first guest interview. And then the following week, we will do Everything is Food. For you, from me, be well till next time. That's the end of another episode of the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. If there's anything that you heard or hear when you tune in that you think would benefit a friend, a sister, a mother, hey, even some guys, send them my way, would you? And if you've not ever been to the website, rebelliouswellnessover50.com, head on over there. There are resources, things that I don't always get to on the podcast that might help you age better. Be well till next time and stay that way.